Wednesday night all over the world. It's time for Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike here on WFHB. Thanks for joining us for episode... Uh, Reverb, please. 96. 96. 96. 96 trombones led the big parade. That's right. 96 red balloons. 90, uh, 96 degrees. <laughs> 96 or 524. What's that Chicago song? Yeah, something like that. Uh, 90. 1996. I remember that. 96. What a year. Chicago Bulls. I started high school, I think. Is that right? I graduated in 2000. Not to dox myself. I forgot you're uh, you're, a year ahead of me. doxing myself. You're a year ahead of me, school wise. You graduated in 99 or 2000? 2001. Oh, it it makes sense to your head. Yeah, okay. 2001. Wow, um, I forgot that. I thought we were on the same level, but you're kind of like wiser and older than yeah, me. Yeah, I. So, you know, I've, I've been on the streets a whole another year. <laughs> I've seen, seen a lot more. Um, how you doing, Mike? Oh, I'm okay. Uh, it's been four weeks. You know what? Uh, it's been four weeks since our last show, but um, it's been four weeks. In- no, it's been four weeks since our last show. Uh, and, but you you know what, Mike? What? Uh, Twenty eight days without doing a show with you makes one week. <laughs> that one is me, and the week I'm talking about is W E A K, because I missed you so much. Wow, that means a lot to me. I yeah. missed you too. I really it's, did. I, I mean, it's weird that we uh, decided to only talk or see each other during this two hour span of time every two weeks. Uh, but so when we miss one, it's it's a big deal. I agree that it's weird, but it is very rewarding. Oh sure, yeah. Because we don't talk about anything that we would normally talk about on the air. So we it's save like, it all for the air. It's like a form of edging, so, really. No. <laughs> I don't even know what that really means. Hey. Um, <laughs> you got to get on the net, man. Get the net. I, I guess I do. You got to um, be friends with some of the people I'm friends with. That's what you got to do. I don't go looking for that stuff, but uh-huh. I do have some friends who make it accessible to me. That kind of knowledge. Not that stuff. I'm not going for anything weird. <laughs> hey, nothing's weird, Mike. <laughs> um, hey, uh, yeah? So, real quick before I forget, I'll go ahead and back announce some music. Thanks. We play nothing but uh, Michael Nesmith stuff because, unfortunately, Michael Nesmith passed away yesterday. How old a man was One he? One of the greats of history. Um... And um, seamless, yeah. Um, no seams. Seems like seems like old times. Uh huh. Seems like yesterday. Times like old seams. <laughs> like old seams on. Is that something? Fruit flies like a banana. Um, <laughs> uh, how you're asking how old Mike Nesmith was? How old of a man was he when he died? Yeah. Oh sure. Um, I forget, but it's seventy eight. So that's a that's a life lived. Oh yeah, and he he did a lot. Oh, and by the way, I don't that I know my tone of voice can come off sounding ways sometimes, and I mean to say that not as a ah okay, who cares? I mean to say uh, oh well done, Mike Nesmith. Sure, you did it. I'm yeah. a good and faithful monkey. <laughs> now uh, enter. Here's your Manson mansion just over the hilltop. Here's your Charles Manson T-shirt. I met Marilyn Manson. <laughs> People don't really wear Charles Manson t-shirts, but they do wear Marilyn they Manson do. t-shirts. They do. Axl Rose, famously. Oh, is that right? 
I think. Ooh, canceled much. <laughs> um, what's what's worse? What's worse wearing it these days? A Charles Manson shirt or a Marilyn Manson shirt? What's worse these days? Wearing a Charles Manson shirt or wearing those dreadlocks like Axl Rose does? He just wants some reggae. <laughs> Give him some reggae. Um, you know Mike Nesmith, listener. What's going on with your microphone? I keep losing you. Is it the mic or the cable? Um, you're there now. I think it's the engineer. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> yeah, listeners know Mike Nesmith. Okay. Hopefully. Are we back? My, you're on. You're good. Mike's yeah. back? Yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, the most people know him as the best monkey. Mm-hmm. Definitely the monkey with the best hat. The green hat. If, if that alone, just wearing that green hat was enough to make him a special person, but... No, he was a great musician, songwriter, producer, producer of albums, writer of uh, in movies. Yeah, and um, his solo albums though are so good. He basically invented MTV. He won the very first, um, I want to say, video Grammy. He won the first Grammy for video. Wow. Or something like your phone just fell down. Yeah, it's okay. I hope it didn't break. I'd hate for your phone to be broken. It didn't break. Looks <laughs> good as new. <laughs> for you, those of you who I don't have, know, I have one of these portable rotary phones. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, like I do, Jared's phone is so cracked up beyond belief you can barely see what's happening under the glass. It's just shattered into a thousand pieces. It keeps me from looking at the phone too much. That's good. And it makes me think that uh, my friends on Instagram have more missing teeth and cracked <laughs> teeth than they actually do. I was like, oh, what happened to their teeth? Oh, it's just a crack on my phone. <laughs> That's happened like twice to me. That's pretty good. Um, I kind of like that. Like, th- I wonder if there's a way you could invent um, an app that's like a full phone filter. Like it, It's the last layer right, of uh-huh. technology on your phone. And what it does is basically deface everything you're looking at. So it like knocks someone's tooth out, or it draws a mustache on, or like a big unibrow, or uh, like a cartoon arrow through their head, like of everything that you look at. I, I bet there is. Mike. It would it would change your experience. You know, it really would. everything beautiful on your phone would become defaced, vandalized. I'd have that on all the time. Mike, can I get a little reverb as I back announce the music? That's simple to do. Yeah, here, check it out. We heard Continuing by Michael Nesmith. Um, these are all by Michael Nesmith. I'm just going to say the songs we heard. Continuing. Before that, we heard Circle Sky. Actually, before that, it was not a Michael Nesmith song. It was a Michael Nesmith song, but it was by the Monkees. You Just May Be the One. Before that, we heard Wax Minute. Thanks for the ride. Quintiana, you are my one. And to start off that nonstop Nesmith block, we heard Tomorrow and Me. Actually, before that even, we heard um, a song from the Burt Janch album that he produced, L.A. Turnaround. And it was, what was it? Something about a sweet Sunday morning, right? I don't remember. You played it. 
I don't have access to that kind of information. Yeah, yeah fresh as right, a sweet right, Sunday morning. Right, 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 right. Great. What a bunch of great music. You yeah. were talking about, while that stuff was playing, you and I were talking about how great it was. And uh, we were specifically talking about Red Roads and his contributions via the pedal steel, uh, which are, I told Jared, have always stood out to me on those Michael Nesmith records as being great and oh, making yeah. them feel interesting. Yeah, totally. I think my mic just cut it, but I'm back. Yeah, what's going on here? Is it the cable? We could try a new cable. How about now? Wow. We're back, baby. There's something on my microphone that's tickling my nose. I think it might be a hair, but I can't locate it. So that's driving me crazy. <laughs> uh, last night, Jared, I woke up around 3 a.m. to uh, loud howling winds roaring through my neighborhood. Oh. Uh, and I stayed up looking out the window for about an hour. I saw there was a big sign across the street that I saw blow down the street. I saw sign? A, a sign that was like a temporary sign, like bigger than a... Well, there's the hair. <laughs> I got it. I got the hair out. It looks to be a cat hair. Oh, okay. Um, that's much better. I'm not being tickled to death anymore. <laughs> uh, it's like a temporary sign, bigger than a political sign, but uh, I don't know what I would compare it to. Was it one of your annexation signs? No, bigger than that, but still smaller than like a sign sign. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was on two posts and it was swinging. Hmm. And I saw it just flapping in the wind. And then I saw it just blow down the road, blow Whoa. away. Um, but so I stayed up for about an hour watching the wind and rain. And it was some serious stuff. The Were rain was coming in in different directions. And something happened for the very first time last night that I've never experienced in this house before is that rain was coming in so horizontally that it was hitting my front door, which is under the porch. Oh, yeah. And it was like loudly nailing. I thought my door had come open because I could hear the rain so well. So I walked down the hallway to look at it and everything was fine. But the rain was just coming in so hard and so horizontally that it was hitting the front door. It's freaky. Dang. Um, so after it kind of calmed down a little bit, I went back to sleep, woke up this morning only to find my kid's trampoline had been blown from one side of my backyard to the other side of my backyard, presumably had been lifted, uh, turned over upside down, hit the power lines on the way past, and then crunched on the ground like a pop can. There were probably some sparks when that happened. Well, I should say the power line, we're in my house right now with the power on. The power line is intact, but the cable and phone lines are down. So I don't. I wonder if it sparked. That would have been like that would have been like a movie to see that happen. Yeah. I wonder when it happened. If I heard it and didn't recognize it as like a terrifying oh, thing, yeah. or if I was asleep. Were there tornadoes last night in Monroe County? I don't know about in Monroe County. I looked during that time that I was up watching. I looked at the weather uh, channel or weather.com, and we were only under a tornado watch even at that oh, okay. peak moment. I, so yesterday I heard warnings of nocturnal tornadoes. You heard warnings of watches. I heard, yeah, no actual warnings, but people were saying, "Hey, tonight, watch out! There might be nocturnal tornadoes." That means tornadoes that happen after you go to sleep. Yeah, it was freaky. And now I've got so the most now dangerous kind. this morning, Jared and I walked out into my flooded backyard and tried to flip over the trampoline. Turns out it's much too hard for us to do that. Yeah, we need the power team. I don't know what we're gonna do. Uh, also in the process of knocking those 
power lines down. It ripped some siding off the side of my house. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the sinkholes that you fell into. Oh, I did step in a little... <laughs> it was more of a rut. I stepped in a rut in my backyard that was full of water. So my foot got soaked. And then as we were trying to move the trampoline <laughs> over, I stepped in it again with the other foot. The same hole, the other foot. So I had wet feet out in the cold. I just... I feel defeated by God this morning. <laughs> He got my number. I feel like Lieutenant Dan, you know? <laughs> yeah. I keep, Everything's fine. I'm glad we listened to all that Michael Nesmith music, actually, because it made me feel a little bit better. Uh, just hearing some beautiful music and just thinking about how my troubles aren't really that big, big a deal. But, uh, yeah, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. Avoid the annoyed. Yeah. Avoid Mike. <laughs> He's bad luck. <laughs> I'm a annoyed. I'm not the annoyed. <laughs> I'm just one of many. I didn't mean to start griping there. What were we talking about? We were talking about the legacy of the great Michael Nesmith, who has passed on yesterday. Yeah. You saw him. I want you to tell that story Oh, I think on I've, this I've mentioned this on the show before, probably. I saw him at the Buskirk Chumley Theater. Uh, he, uh, t- uh, 2013, in the fall. Is that what it was? It was I didn't announced. realize it was that long ago. I didn't either. I, I looked it up because I was curious. Wow. 2013, Michael Nesmith's coming to town. I'm like, this is very exciting. I've been wanting to see him. I would have went to another town, but I didn't even need to. Yeah. And so I go, set my alarm, tickets go on sale at a certain time. Because you know in 2013, Michael Nesmith tickets in Bloomington, Indiana are going to fly out the door. (laughs) So I I assume everyone in town is as excited about this as I am. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to splurge. I'm going to get the front row tickets if they're not sold out by the time I get there. This is the last time I purchased tickets at a ticket box office yeah. that I can remember for a concert. Like you went downtown? Like I went downtown. Oh, my. When they went on sale. Yeah. And uh, and front row tickets were $65. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to splurge and get the $65 front row ticket. So I go to the box Best office. Best seat in the house. And I say, one... I can't... Where, I mean, first, I was like, where is everybody else? <laughs> Where's the line? <laughs> Where's the line? <laughs> where are the guys with the tents like, and I, sleeping I bags? I was like, should I have camped out <laughs> with, my, with my cardboard stand-up of Mike Nesmith next to me, like Riff Randall? Um, no. Um, Riff Randall, who was in town during the filming of Breaking Away. That's right. PJ Souls. Anyway. Uh, so I... I they were like, well, yeah, we have front row seats. Uh, what would you like? I was like, well, I'll take... Uh, one right in the middle. I'll take two. Me and my wife will go. It'll be great. So I do that. Very excited. Get to the show. Take our seats. Like, oh, this is exciting. Then the legendary Michael Nesmith steps up to the stage and starts playing. And I realize I'm a fool. <laughs> and I had purchased the one seat in the whole historic theater where the legendary Michael Nesmith's face is obscured most of the time by his iPad with the music and words or whatever on it uh, on his like music stand type thing so I look up and I just see a back of an iPad most of the time the video, where his face should be. The <laughs> video and photos you have from that night are so funny because it really is like, it's almost as if he's a um, 
trying to remain anonymous on the news or something. Yeah. Like, it's just so perfectly right in front of his face. Uh, you said you got two seats. Did your wife have the same trouble? No, and she offered to switch, and I was like, this is fine. I don't want to do it. didn't too. switch. It was, I mean, yeah. Wow. It made him even more special when I could see his face. Yeah. I did appreciate when you posted the thing yesterday <laughs> that you thought he would think that was funny, which I I'm, agree. Yeah. yeah. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Have you seen any of his comedy bits? A little bit, yeah. Um, have you seen yeah. Elephant Parts? I forget. I've seen a little bit of Elephant Parts. Okay. That's what I've seen, yeah. I need to watch more. There's television parts, which was like a TV show. Oh, I don't know about I mean, that. Yeah, I, 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 most of it's been uploaded to YouTube. I haven't seen... I haven't seen most of it. I told you earlier, but I did recently watch Daydream Believers, the monkeys made for TV movie. Oh yeah, biopic. I think biopic. Biopic. What do you say? I say biopic, but I don't know if I'm right or if I even like that. I don't like the word in general, but I kind of like saying biopic because it's a little more confusing. It sounds like it. Yeah. It sounds like a word that it sounds means like myopic. Yeah. But anyway, um, that was a pretty funny movie to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a little bit like the... Uh, uh, what is the Beach Boys one? Um, American Family. Is I think I get called? those two confused in my head. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty similar in tone. Mm-hmm. Although, the uh, Monkeys one is much more... Because it came out in 2000. Okay. I learned on IMDb. And it feels like that time period. Like the editing and the attitudes that people... <laughs> I don't know. It's really hard to pin down. But there's this sort of just like fast-talking, slick... Everything's kind of funny, even though it's not funny. It's kind of like presented as being funny mm-hmm. in this Jim Carrey sort of way, yeah. Uh, which gives it a different feeling than the Beach Boys one. If I was a famous person writing an autobiography, yeah, and my initials were uh, D and B, you know what I'd call my autobiography? What? IMDb. Just something I thought. I about. think that'd be pretty good. <laughs> IMDb, um, and that, that would go a long way. People would understand why you did that. Um, you know, how people say "cough a cuppy." I, I've heard that. Yeah. That's all because of Michael Nesmith. Is that right? Every time you hear someone say "I'll have a cough a cuppy," or "margarita," they call "margarita" "margarita" uh-huh. f- for fun. Yeah, that's all because of this this Michael Nesmith bit. Here, I'll play it. Can you switch to the phone line? It's I not a phone be. call, but it's a comedy bit. You're on, Daddy. <laughs> You're right. What a party, huh, doll? Great party. I think this may be the best convention that we've ever been to ever in all. Poor baby. You know, Trixie and I go around the country a whole bunch of times, just going to convention, to convention, to convention. And sometimes it gets a little heavy for her, you know what I'm saying? That's okay. I'll get you a cup of coffee, baby, okay? Hang in there, okay? Bartender, can I have a cup of coffee from the lady here? And uh, bring me a, bring me a margarita. No, margarita. Just like this. Just another margarita. Yeah, I'll be fine. Thank you. And a cough coffee for the lady, okay? You're a real prince. And won't forget the coffee, you know, right? Got a little lady that's down here. <laughs> hey, bring it back, back, honey. Here, go get it. You okay? No, I guess not. Well, this is a pretty good commission to play. There was a guy from Pittsburgh who was one of the funniest people I've ever run to on the planet Earth. <laughs> he told me a joke. It was the funniest joke I think I've heard since I was in Racine, Wisconsin. 
There's these three guys. Listen to this joke. <laughs> there are these three guys, and one of them is a Polish, and one of them is an Irish, and one of them is a pygmy, okay? Is this okay? And so, so they go into to this the bar. No, wait. They go to, They went into a butcher shop. And listen to this. They go to this butcher <laughs> shop, okay? And they go to the butcher shop, and they say, uh, the Polish guy says they want 24 pounds of chicken sausage <laughs> and he said um, and like and the Irish guy turned to me and said hey look I don't need chicken sausage well the pygmy turns to me and he says look oh I set oh I set her on fire again son of a gun it's the third time this week fire. honey oh god what a party oh god Bartender, can I have a margarita for the, my wife's fire no I'm serious bring me a margarita no I can't you oh uh, oh, that's very that, funny. We'll never know the the punchline of that racist joke. Which maybe it wasn't racist. Maybe yeah, who knows where it who went? Who knows? But uh, I like the idea of going to convention to convention to yeah, convention. Yeah, there's so many little his wonderful things in there. Um, his, yeah, his drunkenness is very convincing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was at a funeral last week. My uncle passed away on Thanksgiving, and uh, I went to the funeral, and one of the things that people kept mentioning which i had forgotten i'm sorry that the music's so upbeat as you just said that mike it's okay Uh, you know there's a lot of sadness associated with it but it's also part of life and i'm okay sure um but uh uh, i'd forgotten that he did this my uncle was a very funny guy and uh it came up more than once that he used to talk backwards uh to my aunt to drive her crazy and the one example that was given was someone said they were in the drive-thru one time and he kept (laughs) trying to order a mcflizzard Uh, I wish I could remember how he did it because I remember him doing wait, that's that. Not, it's not backwards though. No, but that's just what he w- gotcha. or she would say that he was doing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he would just do that Flizzard. exact same thing that Michael Nesmith was doing. Yeah. There, like <laughs> just inverting words and combining words. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, my uncle was the first person I ever. He introduced me to Little Jimmy Dickens' "Bird of Paradise" because he sang it to me one oh, time nice. when I was a kid, and I thought it was the funniest thing I ever heard. <laughs> Maybe we'll play that song. Later. I wonder what your your children would think of that song. They still think it's a funny song? Oh, I should show it to them. I'll show it to them tonight and see what they think. Yeah. I think Asa will like it. As much as he loves the Ruddles? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Jared and I played uh, like 10 minutes of the Ruddles for Asa the other day. And uh, If you don't know the Ruddles, it's a Beatles parody. From Eric Idle. From Eric Idle and the gang. Uh, there's a, the, it's on YouTube, the documentary. Yeah. The mockument, mockumentary. Mockumentary. Wonderful thing. I loved it when I was a teenager. I thought it was the funniest thing there was. Uh, but when Eric Idle's character, he's like a, the, the sort of uh, talking head guy, he says it, that the Ruddles had a legacy that will last a lunchtime, and my son could not stop laughing at that. Like, it was the <laughs> funniest thing he'd ever heard. I loved it. Uh. A legacy that will last a lunchtime. <laughs> it's funny um, to be talking about Michael Nesmith. After you and I together have spent the last week and a half talking pretty much only about the Beatles. Yeah. Um, it's funny to be uh, our age in this time period are obsessed as a teenager with the monkeys and the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind. No, yeah. It's the stuff I like. But Same, yeah. It's like I'm 13 again. Yeah, it is. It's like you're 13 in the uh, 1960s. <laughs> Wait, what? 
it doesn't make sense for your age or for the time period that you live in. Oh, right. You're older than me, even. And uh, <laughs> you're talking about the Monkees and the Beatles, which is teenager music from when our parents were teenagers. It's funny to think about, like, when we were into the Beatles, or like, okay, okay, do this, Mike. Yeah. So you've just watched Get Back with me multiple times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it seems like, it seems like those people should be around town, around the clubs right now. Yeah. We should be seeing them around the clubs. But it's like, think of your earliest memory, Mike. Oh. What's your what's your earliest memory? Or can you think about when you're five? You know what? You want to know actually what I think my earliest memory might be? Yeah. The Challenger exploding. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was at my aunt and uncle's apartment in Chicago, and we watched it on television, and I was like three years old, and that's one of the first things I remember. Okay, so imagine the world right there so long ago. Yeah. Get Back is 16 years before that. I even. know. I know. And it's like... This, all, this stuff was all ancient history back when we were thinking about it being ancient history. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Think is, about the anthologies. We were talking about the Beatles anthologies when those came yeah. out. And it felt like, oh, a celebration of this ancient old, old dusty yeah, thing. Yeah, right. And that was 30 years ago. 25 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> it was 25 years ago today. Uh, yeah. doesn't make sense why our interests are what they are. Uh I had something else to say about that, and I've forgotten, but whatever, who cares? I didn't really articulate what I was trying to... Uh, Just the times... Were, well, you know, yesterday we were talking about... Um, oh, shoot, <laughs> what have I done? Uh, we were talking about um, the Beatles time period in general, that that, that that band existed, and how condensed it all is, and how they were dipping in and out of these different personas so rapidly, mm -hmm. putting out two albums a year. From like the amount of time that would be like from now... In like 2014 to now, yeah, which is a short amount of time, and all the stuff that happened in that time, and now we think about it, and it's all stretched out, and we talk about every little detail of it, but it was all happening so rapidly, yeah, that I think, especially guys like you and me, young people like us, we've got this warped sense of and the whole first in the whole first year or two of it, um, they were living in a world where there was no color. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, like Andy Griffith. Yeah. Yeah, it's so strange. Well, Mike, I enjoyed Get Back. Oh, yeah. Me too. Do you have a favorite Monkees album? I don't know the Monkees albums very well. Um, album, like, as a whole, probably not. Um, the Head soundtrack is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um... Um, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Oh. You said head, and it reminded me oh. what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, speaking of age and time and weirdness, I don't know if you saw that viral tweet yesterday where someone was like, here's Madonna, she's 63, next to Nancy Reagan when she was 64. And like how, I don't know, the point of this horrible person's uh, tweet was like, Madonna's trash and Nancy Reagan was class. Uh, and then people have been commenting on that. Mm. But I made me think, oh, Madonna's older than my parents. <laughs> 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 Which was kind of a funny realization to have. Because when I was a kid, she was, you know, topping everything. And yeah. it was like this hot thing that was everywhere. And it's like, oh, wow, she's older than my parents. Wow. 
interesting. And she was even back then, Mike. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying it didn't ever really right, yeah. click. She always seemed like youthful in this way. My parents sure. did not. Um, but also, uh, the Although re- reason I thought about it is we're about out of time here. Because, because of your dad's patch? No, uh, because I also learned through digging through these tweets, apparently Nancy Reagan, I need to dig into this. I don't want to... I don't want to tell tales out of school, but apparently Nancy Reagan has a reputation in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she does. For being... Uh, Everybody knows this, Mike. I didn't know this till this morning. All She's right. got a proclivity for... Yeah, we get it, Mike. We, we know. Oral... Yeah, we got it. Everybody knows. They can look it up. They can Google this. How do I say this it's delicately? Not, it's, not, it's not after midnight yet, Mike. How do I say this delicately? Don't say it. We're out of time. Oh, we are out of time. we got to take a break. We'll see you back for hour two of Unspoken Request with Jared and Mike right after this. And we're back. Hour number two of Unspoken Requests. It's after midnight. 12.01. 12.02. Something like that. It's midnight all, all over the world on a Wednesday night. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for turning your dial to WFHB or turning your podcast app to Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. Speaking of podcast apps, I got an update on my phone, Mike, and now I can listen to podcasts at one and one quarter speed if I want to. Oh, my goodness. Do you prefer it? a little too slow for me. I was going to say, that doesn't seem like it's efficient enough for you. No, it's perfect. There are some podcasts I like to listen to at one and a half speed. Mm -hmm. Some I like to listen at regular speed. But one and a quarter, I think there's some that... What determines um, that? Is it the timbre of someone's voice, how they speak or the content what what makes you decide on the speed um how much i like the podcast if i the, my favorite podcast i listen at regular speed the ones that are not my favorite but i still like but i still want to listen to to hear what they have to say mm-hmm. i'll listen to it one and a half speed how many podcasts do you keep up with in a week or a month maybe depending on how often they're released well, but most podcasts are weekly okay uh, not this one <laughs> we, re- we record this podcast weekly very weekly <laughs> Um, <laughs> gosh, I probably listened to about, I don't know, maybe 10 or so podcasts. Oh my gosh. I'm impressed by that. Uh, maybe uh, five to 10, I'd say is more like. I listen to one podcast that comes out like once a month. <laughs> maybe more like five. You, or maybe uh, yeah. twice a month. You listen to a lot more music than I, but your music to podcast listening ratio is higher. But your music retention is higher than mine. That's why. That's and your your knowledge uh, retention is uh, better than mine, which is what I'm most jealous of you about. I don't think that's true. I think so. You're much smarter. You already knew about Nancy Reagan. <laughs> uh, well, that's because someone that's told from, you. You remembered that. That's not something you forget, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget now. Why is this song playing again? I didn't. Ask oh for this. my gosh. Sorry. What this is just such a Mickey Mouse operation. I know. No, Jared, you're about to turn 40 years old. This is our last show before Christmas. Will we do a show before your birthday? Uh, yeah, we will. Oh, yeah, between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, so Jared's 40th birthday is coming up. And as I just said, and is true, is very sincerely true, one of the things, one of the things, one of many things that I'm most envious of you for, but also most pleased that I get to be such close buddies with you for, is your retention of knowledge... And uh, music, and art, and information. Uh, but since I'm younger than you, I wonder at what point we'll 
sort of plateau and that will even out where we're about in the same place once you age beyond the threshold of retaining all that stuff well I don't know if I'm going to make it past age 40 you know why I do but maybe you should tell the listener <laughs> okay so Mal Evans the Beatles the Beatles friend roadie roadie assistant T getter you might recognize him as the 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 big guy who was banging on an anvil in the Beatles get back on I was Disney say, plus in that way he played on Maxwell Silverhammer. He basically is in the Beatles. Yeah, the he's the Anvil Beatles. He's the first. The he's the first. He's <laughs> the first fifth Beatle. Like the first third. Like the fifth third bank. He's the first fifth Beatle. He's the fifth <laughs> fifth Beatle. He's the well. I got Stuart Sutcliffe and uh, Pete Best. So he's third fifth, just like the bank. The third fifth Beatle. <laughs> fifth third. Fifth third Beatle. Is that what the bank is? Fifth third. No, I guess Ringo would be the fifth third Beatle. <laughs> After Stu Sutcliffe, what's Stu, Jeff Lynn, Stu then? Sutcliffe and Pete Best? Jefflin. Jefflin. Did, any, did anyone name their daughter Jefflin yet? Jefflin, that's pretty good. Uh, I've heard Ricky Skaggs say that he wanted to name his daughter Amanda Lynn, Amanda but Lynn. his wife wouldn't let him. Yeah. <laughs> Disgraced bluegrasser. Yeah. Did Ricky we already Skaggs. talk about his vision that he saw? <laughs> yes. On the did. show. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a memorable thing to me. Rememberable. Rememberable. Um, so anyway, Mike. Yeah. Um, you now, said, now that we're talking about the Beatles again. Oh, oh, okay. So Mal Evans. Now we've told the listener. Oh, yeah. Who Mal is. Mal was murdered by p- the, the, the police force. Mm-hmm. By, because they, he was holding an airsoft rifle that they thought was not, they thought it was a, a, a real rifle. And they shot him dead at age 40. He was killed at age 40 on January 5th, mm-hmm. which is the day I'm going to turn 40. And so... What does it all mean? <laughs> it does all add up to you living very carefully that day. I don't have an airsoft rifle or any kind of rifle, but what if I get one for Christmas? What if like I'm a red rider. What if you finally get yeah, that red yeah. rider? And I'm like, what if? And then I'm like, I don't really need this. And I take it back to Rural King or wherever they bought it from. And as I'm walking it in, the cops see me. They are like, that guy's got a gun. Yeah, get him. Just like Mal Evans. And they just open fire from. Hopefully home. that doesn't happen. Anyway, speaking of the Beatles, it's time for our next segment of the show, Mike. Great. What's that called? Well, there's no name for it yet. But okay. here's the premise. Can you just come up with one real quick? It's called, um, well, maybe maybe we can, I mean, I can think, it'll take me a while to think No, don't, don't waste the, don't waste the air okay, time. here's the, here's the, the premise. We gotta get to the good stuff. Well, I, I'm listening to a lot of Beetle Paul. Oh, week, sure. Mm-hmm. The solo stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I was trying to, I was listening, listening to someone, I was thinking, which of Beetle Paul's songs, solo or with wings? make the best uh, intro music for unspoken requests. Uh-huh. Not that we're switching any intro music to a Beatle Paul song. Not that we have any intro but music. W- exactly. But which of these would make the best intro to unspoken requests? So I'm going to play them for you um, while announcing that unspoken request is on the air. And you're going to tell me which one you think works best. Listener, play at home and uh, think about which one you think works best. All right. Are you ready, Mike? Ready. All right. Here we go. It's Wednesday night, and it's time for Unspoken Requests. 
with Jared and Mike. We're here to take your calls. Okay, so there's there's that one. That was Motor of Love. I like that. That's such a nice tone. Okay, all right, let's try another one. Yep. You know what that sound means. It's time for Unspoken Request with Jared and Mike. It's Wednesday night. We got lots of great guests. It's Unspoken Requests here on WFHB. And then is this place we start start the show? There's that one. That was yeah. that was the song Press. Press. Good. Press. From the album Press to Play. Mm-hmm. All right, ready for another one? Yeah, how many you got? Eight. Very good. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Reverb. It's Wednesday night. It's raining, probably. <laughs> and it's time <laughs> for unspoken requests. Think about that loved one Gentlemen, that you haven't seen in a while. Too confusing. Yeah. It's oh yeah, he, the vocals come in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, scrap that one. That's that's no good. Yeah, the thing with Paul McCartney is that he's famous for his singing, and when the singing kicks in each of these times, it kind of ruins the well, whole. That's why effect. you got to get it in before, <laughs> and out, in and out before. That was no more lonely nights play out version from oh. Give My Regards to Broad Street, which I watched last week. You ever see that film? No, huh? It's from like the mid '80s. Ringo's in it. It's about some lost tapes that they have to find, but half the mu- movie is just like different musical performances. Oh, like okay. Them in the studio. I would watch that. On a stage. Yeah, those are great places to perform. Other places. All right, got a couple more here. Ready? Yeah. Oh, that's great. You hear that sound? That means it's time for Unspoken Request here on WFHB. It's Unspoken Request with Jared and Mike. Jared. <laughs> Jared and Mike. <laughs> I'm three years old. Thanks that one feels good. Us. Yeah, that's from the soundtrack to the Family Way by Paul McCartney from 1967. You ever hear that soundtrack? No, but that means pregnant. That's a euphemism exactly, for pregnant. Exactly. Exactly. That song is uh, called Two M Five. Can you imagine there was a time when you and I wouldn't have been allowed to say pregnant on the radio? Crazy. Really? That is crazy. No, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's why people said things like in the Family Way. Oh right, right. right. This one's good. I like this. Yeah. This, this gets the this, tone. Su- this soundtrack's pretty good. <clears throat> Yeah, I could get into this. I this feels good to me right now. I have I think the very first one also I really loved that set that kind of like late night tone. I like that a lot yeah. too. Those are my favorites. Well, here I will I will add this to our list of um, intro music. Uh, uh, just general background music. Yeah, good. Okay, uh, ready for the next one, Mike? Yes. Okay. Ah! Oh my gosh! You're distorting your microphone. Yeah! It's time. I don't like this. WFHB. No? No. Too aggressive? Too aggressive? Yeah. Veto. Okay. Can you believe, Jared, uh, other podcasts and radio shows, they do this kind of thing in their free time. (laughs) Yeah. And this is the kind of thing we're letting people look behind the curtain. This is like our get back. People can just watch what we're doing, the most mundane boring details of us making this show you can have it yeah. in real so time. So if you're just joining us, we're deciding which uh, solo or wing song by Beetle Paul would work best as an intro to Unspoken Requests. Here's the next one. Oh, that was Rockestra theme from Back to the Egg. 
Okay, um, let's go. It's Wednesday night. It's Wednesday night all over the world. I don't like this oh, one. Oh, wait. Why did I put this one here? This is not a good one. No, not good. Oh, you know why I put this on here? I really like the the, the way the verses on this song sound. Uh-huh. I was just going to play this on the show sometime. We'll just, we'll just skip to it. Listen to this. Isn't this nice? Yeah, here we go. Watching the show. Sounds like Steely Dan. Maybe that's why I like it, yeah. It's from Tug of War from 1982, I believe. Mm, that's the year I'm from. Oh, yeah. Me too. Anyway, that was Take It Away by Beetle Paul. All right. Oh, I got a couple more of these, Mike, and you can tell me which... Do you have Do you have a winner so far in your mind? I think it's the soundtrack one so yes. far. Okay, here we go. But also that very first one I liked a lot. All right, here, let's try this one. Reaper bun? Yeah, man, I'm a professional. <laughs> it's Wednesday night. It's time for Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike right here on WFHB. You're listening. Wait, I timed it wrong. It's supposed to go into this other part. Keep it going, Mike. It's Wednesday night. Now that I like. It's time for Unspoken Requests with Jared and Mike. We're going to talk about some slick stuff, some new stuff, some old stuff. We're going to... Raw stuff, neat stuff. Exactly. We got lots of topics to cover. Some controversial stuff tonight. Uh, But you can turn it off anytime you want to if you're uncomfortable. Anyway, uh, what about that one? That was called Hey Hey from the album Pipes of Peace. I like the switch there. Yeah. The first bit made me feel like we should be doing a Rush Limbaugh type show, which I don't want to (laughs) do. Yeah. All right. Uh, Last one, Mike. Sorry. I know you could do this all all night, but uh, here's the next one. Ready? Yeah, hit me. Deputy Sheriff. Well, we were after a, a man who was uh, apparently been doing something. It's Wednesday night. <laughs> it's time for unspoken, unspoken requests with Jared and Mike on WFHB. You know it's you know it's time for unspoken requests because you heard this music that we play every time the show starts. Here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the show, folks. You know that bass sound, that bass line means it's time to start the show. That's not too bad. Yeah, that might be my favorite. That's Reception, also from Back to the Egg by Wings. Okay. Eggman. He yeah. is the Eggman. Oh, yeah. Well, the walrus is Paul. Well, yeah. Um, anyway, um, here's Linda McCartney here on WFHB. We'll be back after this.
Paul McCartney nicknamed Google. Google is Paul McCartney. No, I am Paul McCartney. I am Google because I'm from Liverpool. It's a derivation. I got special dispensation from the Pope. Can Paul McCartney eat? He's a vegetarian, but he eats all the creatures on the planet that live on this planet, this one little sphere in space, who are probably very jealous of these fine heads of hair. Do, 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 This is like, ah! But I can do. And all the dots passed us by. But you can see it goes up, boom, 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 yeah. Boom, boom, boom. It's interesting to hear what people don't know. Loads of people actually know stuff. I'm not very good on dates. One shoulder, the other shoulder. Don't get me mad. No, I'm, you know, the trouble is, I'm too busy doing stuff to remember all the dates. Why is Paul McCartney wearing a Canadian thingy? This is a wig, and I'm wearing one of them now. I've had it colored to be appropriate to my age. How dare you ask me that? Right, when did Paul McCartney learn to play the piano? When I was a kid, we had a piano. I think that didn't help. I've read stuff that lots of people in those days, all over the world, really had pianos in their houses, and we were shaking and doing things with them. So, yeah, we had a piano in the house, and I used to just noodle on it, which is a matter of dispute, because we did this story once, and Ringo said, no, we didn't. And then that became the Beatles. That guy would kill me. Even though the sad thing was we kind of knocked him off his perch. We didn't mean to. We fantasized about him looking really cool with slacks and a kind of a, I think it was like a red, red jumper. I knew that he played a bit of bass. He had the first remote television channel changer. Whoa, he is indeed the mighty god. Is that Beetle Paul on the line? Yeah, he called in. Straightened some things out. Yeah, he wanted to clear some things up for us. Pretty cool. He knew Get Back was out there. He knew all the media were talking about it like us. Yeah. So he called up and, uh, yeah, gave us that clear statement. Pretty neat. (laughs) Before that, though, before we forget, we heard Linda McCartney with Love's Full Glory. I like that song. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, You said it sounds like Pink Floyd a bit, and I agree. The guitar stuff kind of remind me of rock band Pink Floyd. Uh-huh. Anything... Do we have, Here's the thing. Do we have anything of importance or any insights on Get Back that we, sh- that we, we need to share with the I'm, audience? I feel it's been talked to death. It's, I, I, I feel the same way. Um... I can only say how it's affected us, and yeah. it's made me want to listen to the Beatles and the Beatles members' uh, music a lot in the last week. Yeah, likewise. Um, which I didn't have any real interest in recently for a while, just because like you know, I'd heard it all before. Yeah, but now I'm into it again. Yeah, me too. I, l- I told you I listened to Past Masters this morning while I was getting ready for the show. Well, uh, volume uh, two, singles, pa- singles, Masters. singles compilation. That's right, Past Masters Volume Two. Which is just incredible. When did, when did that come out as like a... 88. Okay, so yeah. so so until then, well, I guess there were those red and blue comps. But is that stuff on there? I'm sure some of it some is. Some of it, but yeah. probably not all of it. I picked up those CDs when I was in high school because I, I knew I liked the Beatles uh, generally, 
I knew Hey Jude and I just found the album quote that had Hey Jude on it and mm-hmm. that was that one. Mm. And that's why I bought it. And it opened up this whole world to me. I think the first album I ha- had that I purchased was the Beatles Anthology. Oh yeah. Be- but I checked out a lot of them from the local public library. Oh, that's good. I never had a library card until I moved to Bloomington. Oh yeah. It was it was in walking distance of my house. So I would just walk down and check out these uh, Beatles CDs and I really I remember crying the first time I, th- I think or I teared up a little bit the first time uh, teenage Jared listened to the the long and winding road. Oh sure, because I was watching it or w- listening to it. And I was looking at the booklet and, see- and seeing them standing on the you know uh, or s- outside the what do you call that? Looking over the awning of the um, oh on, at the EMI co- building on the cover of the yeah. blue. Mm-hmm. Within also the, the same picture of them on the red album, you know, when they're yeah. young, and it's yeah. like, oh, they're old, and some of them are dead. Well, one of them's dead by then, mm-hmm. and they broke up. I got real emotional as a little teenager. I've been watching Paul McCartney interviews since that time, like through the 80s and 90s on YouTube this week after watching Get Back. And it is interesting to live in this time that we live in now, like we were talking about earlier, where you have access to all the information. To watch people in the 80s and 90s asking him about the Beatles breakup over and over and over again. And some of the questioning that he has to endure that would drive a normal person insane. You can tell he's like over it, but he's still really gracious about talking about how he feels about it. And I'm impressed by that. I'm impressed by uh, his maintenance of the information. Uh, Though sometimes, you know, he says things that feel a little bit like... It's his ego peeking through or whatever. Most of the time, it's like they're asking asinine questions or like often trying to like goad him with emotional questions or something. And he does a very good job of sort of maintaining himself, like his sense of self through that. It's impressive. Like begin to imagine what kind of life that would be. Like, no way. Being famous in general, but then also like being like. Like Beetle Paul. Yeah. And just like everywhere you go. I the curse of being a living legend seems uh <laughs> too like too much to bear. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's great things about it. You can have whatever you want. Sure. Or sure. buy whatever you want. Don't or go on, your, on yeah. any vacation you want to. Uh and do whatever. But it also stink a lot of the time. Yeah. I yeah, he's an impressive fellow. I'm glad I got to be alive the same time as him. We overlapped a little bit. It's yeah. kind of a neat thing to be able to experience. You know, in the on TV or whatever. Okay, let's say <laughs> let's say let's say um, there's a new band being formed with all the living Beatles and all the living monkeys <laughs> now. Okay. So we got um, we got um, Two drummers in the uh-huh. band. Okay, yeah. so you got Ringo. And Pete Best is still with us. Um, <laughs> all right, we're gonna skip him though. So we got Mickey. Uh, oh no! Oh no! I spilled coffee everywhere. Um, we'll be right back. All right, folks. Sorry about that interruption. We are officially back. Jared spilled coffee all over the floor. All over the electrical wires. It was like one of those, uh, there's just like sparks flying. (laughs) (laughs) 
I wish you could have seen it. It was quite a performance. Sorry, Mike. That's okay. It'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Anyway, so we were talking about having a band consisting of Paul McCartney, oh, right. Ringo Starr, and Mickey Dolenz. Okay, so we got the drums covered. <laughs> um, can you turn the background music down a little bit now that we're back talking? Back Consider talking. it done. Thanks. Okay, so... So we got Mickey and Ringo covering the drums. Uh-huh. We got Beetle Paul on bass. Mm-hmm. So we just need some more vocalists and guitarists. Yeah. For this super group. I'm going to throw in... Um, uh, let's say Paul, Will- Paul, Will- Paul Williams. Oh, okay. Why? Because I like him. Sure. I think he'd be a, <laughs> okay. a fun person to have in that band. Sure. He, he knows those guys, I'm sure. Well, I was going to say you could put Jeff Lynn in there. Uh, Jefflin, who's that? Jefflin knows she? those guys. And, oh, Jefflin uh, was in the Wilburys with Beetle George. That's has a connection already. There can only be one Wilbury in this band, though. And There's technically, only- he made those best two Beetle songs. That's for yeah. the anthology. So he kind of is a Beetle. What were the Silver Beetles? Was that they were called before they were the Beatles? The Silver Beetles? Yeah. What's that? I know the S word Beatles from. <laughs> Wayne's World. <laughs> I don't know the Silver Beetles. You're just going to Google something or are you playing Candy Crush? No, I'm just thinking. I'm not even <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> I just didn't know what was happening. <clears throat> What's Mickey Yeah, Dol- they were called the Silver Beetles. <laughs> the Beatles were? The Beatles, formerly called the Quarrymen or the Silver Beatles. Oh, wow. But why would they call them... Why add the silver? Why not just be the Beatles? Yeah. I guess they did eventually. (laughs) Yeah, they realized what you did. We'll have to... We'll we'll do some more research on the Silver Beatles for you, listener. Um, Anyway, who else is in this band? Um, So, Jeff Lynn. Okay. Um... What's, what's this? What's this band for? Uh, for playing, uh, making money playing rock concerts. Oh, I see. Well, you know, there's already all there are. I have personally seen two different uh, Beatles tribute bands. Uh, oh, this is not going to be a Beatles tribute band. I know. I'm just saying there are people in those bands who could probably do as good a job oh, as yeah. any dead Beatle. Yeah. Um, in terms of performing the material that's already written, sure. Not that they would come up with the same ideas, but. Do you remember when we saw that band open for Blue Oyster Cult who did the B-side of Abbey Road? Oh, who was that? They were some Indianapolis tribute like band. Cover me? Oh. And it was cool. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. They also did Telephone Line. Speaking of ELO. That's a good song. They were a good band. I was impressed by their selections and their prowess. I don't always go for tribute acts. But that one was at least entertaining in like that public park that we were in. <laughs> yeah. Um, who we got next on the, uh, or what do we have next on the things? List of things that we need to talk about from the last month, Mike. Oh, you're the keeper of the list. We just want to make sure we get to everything before the yeah, end. Yeah, wouldn't want to leave anything out. Hour. Um, what do we got? Here? Oh, here it is. Do, do, do. do you have all your Christmas shopping done? Uh, no. Me either. Oh, it's stressing me out. 
I got so many little tiny stressors on me right now that aren't of much consequence, but for some reason they're all pressing on me. I hate it. How about you let me do your Christmas shopping for you? Why don't you be my therapist? <laughs> okay. But actually, yeah, be my personal Can shopper. I bill you? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, I wouldn't ask you to do that for free. That wouldn't be right. That would be morally wrong. <laughs> Can I do your Christmas shopping for you? Yes. Okay, I need a list of... Okay, how many people are we talking? Well, basically, I just need to get one more gift for my wife. Oh, I can do that easy. I'm sure you could. I'll You're, do it today. <laughs> thank you. I have an idea, actually. I think I know where I'm headed, but I have to shop for it. What is it? That's Sh- the problem. Our wives don't listen to this show. What is it? <laughs> well, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet. You might spill the beans. Yeah, I'm known for spilling beans. <clears throat> You're spilling all kinds of stuff to get coffee on the floor. Um, can I have a little reverb? Of course. I read you. Um, I'm gonna read this passage from this book on drive-in movie theaters. In 1947, in the Wasatch Mountains, on the eastern edge of Salt Lake City, stood the Motorview Drive-In. However, it was no ordinary theater. The Motorview's owner, Eric C. Peterson, found that he and his family were spending far too much time at the drive-in during its opening season, so they moved a little closer. They built a house inside the screen tower of the drive-in. Peterson explained, We found that my son Carl and I were up until far into the morning because of the necessity of being at the theater constantly until after it closed for the night, then driving home. Our first season wore us to shadows, Peterson went on to say the theater location is such as to provide one of the best view sites in Salt Lake City. Others pay premium prices for home building lots with less advantages. We decided we could build a comfortable home with a beautiful view right on the site and incorporate it into the theater tower so that we could be at home and still at work. The home featured all the necessities of modern living. It was complete with a living room, a master bedroom, a second bedroom, a kitchen, and a breakfast nook a utility room, a reception room, a master bath and powder room, a sound studio, and a theater repair shop. In addition, the theater outside was built with a stage for live music acts to perform before the show. Several of these drive-in homes were built over the years, mostly for added protection. An owner could be at home and know that vandals were not terrorizing the theater during the day. In fact, Howard T. Chapman of Cowpen, South Carolina, estimated that he saved approximately $175 per month by not hiring a night watchman. His drive-in home had two floors and enough space for 12 rooms. Although many told him the idea of living in a drive-in screen tower was a bit isolated, Chapman defended, who else has company in their backyard every single night? That's beautiful. Do you like going to the drive-in? I do. I didn't make it there this year, but I enjoy it if the if the weather's right, you know, and uh, the mood is right. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't make it this year. I wanted to. But I didn't. Uh, do you want to go see Black Christmas on Thursday? Possibly. Yeah. Okay, we can make plans off air. Cicada yeah. Cinema screening Black Christmas. Cicada, I'm glad you brought them up. Uh, you, and, you and I took Asa to uh, a Cicada screening. Did we already talk about this on the show? No. 
a few weeks ago that I had a great time at. I thought it was wonderful. I did too. It's at the Far Building, uh, in their sort of banquet hall. They set up the screening room, uh, and they did it in conjunction with the IU Moving Image Archive, and it was a, it was a, a compilation of beautiful short films that really was arresting. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Real good stuff. Word to Cicada Cinema, our friends out there doing it. I'm so glad that they're still doing it. Mike, how are we going to flip this t- trampoline over? <sighs> Listener, Jared and I need help. Well, La- I need help. Last Jared time I- doesn't need help. <laughs> I need help. No, my uh, I had I, my, my uh, some siding blew off my house. I can figure out what to do with that. Yeah. Maybe I'll just nail it back on. Maybe that'll work. No, it'll be fine. Who knows? I have siding that's torn off. I have wires down, and I have a trampoline, a 15-foot trampoline that's upended. <laughs> a trampoline you didn't even want. A trampoline I didn't even want in the first place that got blown all the way across my <laughs> big yard last night, wrecking everything, and now I have to turn it over. It's all just bent. It's crunched up like a pop can, and I'm going to have to figure out now how to get my wife to turn it over, disassemble it, throw it in the trash, and get it out of my life because it was her idea but I'm going to be responsible for taking care of it. Ain't that the way? How are we doing on time, Mike? I, uh, oh, we, we have the hotline's, so, the hotline's blown up. We have loads of time. Let's take a call. All right, let's take a call. <clears throat> Who you got? You know, maybe we should start taking calls, for real. I'd love to, if we could figure out a way we've, to... We've talked about yeah, this. Yeah, make that work, I'd love to. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. We just have to get the word out when we're recording. You ever see that Mr. Show sketch where there it's like the call-in it's, show that yeah. <laughs> that happens? It's a recorded, pre-recorded call-in show. Oh, it's so confusing and great. I love it. It's very funny. What do you got cooking over there? You hear the phone ringing? No. No. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome to Unspoken Request with Jared and Mike. Oh, hey, I'm I'm on like. Immediately. You are. You got right through. <laughs> hey, welcome to the show, Jason Hinn, everybody. Thank you guys for uh, for uh, reaching out to me hey. about this. I'm sorry to get like to play it so close to the end of the show. Oh, no, that's fine. It gives someone uh, a reason for people to, to, to listen to the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we keep them on the hook for everything else that we've been talking about. Uh, listener you might remember jason hinn from episode number mike one i believe number one really isn't that right jason you were on the first episode i don't i didn't remember (laughs) it was the first one i know it was an early one it might have been yeah i can't recall (laughs) well we'll ask our our archivist archivist yeah i'll have him look it up yeah um but listener you know jason hinn um you know jason hinn if you are friends with jason hinn or or a family member you also know jason hinn uh, as the, um, uh, the the person behind the the hit rock band Honey Radar, and <laughs> such other projects, many other projects. Um, but yeah, uh, Jason, thanks for taking the time. Uh, Mike says yes. It was episode number one. Confirmed. It was episode oh, wow. one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Ninety-five episodes later, we're here on episode number six. <laughs> uh, have you guys been doing this whole show uh, um, in tribute to Mike Nesmith? Loosely, a loose salute. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. Um, no, we we played um uh oh probably about eight or so songs during the first hour, and uh 
played a, a clip. Uh, I played the. Uh, um, whoops, I lost my mic. Uh, played the uh, coffee cuppy Martin Greta clip, um, <laughs> stuff like that. And we were just kind of talking about him, um, and then we ended up talking about the Beatles for a while. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that goes hand in hand. That makes sense. But you know, uh, we, we wanted you- to talk to you because uh, you're, the, you're 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 the biggest Nez head that we know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm Monkey sorry fan. if it's if it's a, like a too aggressive. Uh, I feel like when he passed uh, yesterday, my phone blew up for like a solid <laughs> couple minutes. I I didn't realize I had established such a brand, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I told you this yesterday, Jason. I did not tell Jared, but you two guys are the guys I thought of when I saw the news right away. I was like, oh, yeah, Jared and Jason. I hope they're doing okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know when you guys got into the monkeys, but it's been. I, I was uh, five when the the twentieth anniversary um, marathon ran on MTV. Oh so yeah, and I'm forty now, so it's like that thirty five years of, I mean, uninterrupted uh, obsession. You know. Wow. Yeah. I. I mean, I got into the monkeys probably in middle school. I got, I, I got that greatest admire, uh, in that that really. Uh, I got remember that, but I didn't really get into Michael Nesmith, you know, until gosh, probably when I was in college, maybe right after college. So, like those solo records and all that, you know. Right, it's a nice surprise. Yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of people have this uh, similar arc where it's like you're you're into them for the, all the reasons a little kid would be into them, right? They're appealing. The show is very fast paced and colorful, and then as your taste matures, you come around to the. Uh, you know, finding out all of the connections to like uh, Wrecking Crew and Brill Building songwriters and stuff, and you have like a more mature appreciation for them later. Is at least my experience. Yeah, it's like if there if the monkeys didn't exist and there were just his you know solo records, he'd be maybe even more right. m- more revered. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's even the a weirder B plot that he then ends up being like his only peer in country rock is like Gene Clark, right? <laughs> and then you know all the other things of course the producing repo man <laughs> right uh he developed that that show pop clips that he ended up selling uh to you know that evolved into mtv basically invented mtv oh i forgot about that yeah what, what yeah tell us more about that <laughs> That's about all I know. I okay. recently reread um, that uh, oral history of MTV. I want my MTV, which oh, is okay. really, I'd recommend. Um, you know, it's like there's just a a billion like bite sized paragraphs that you know goes back and forth different people, but it seemed like um, there were several people developing something similar kind of simultaneously. But he he had this idea that was basically MTV, and it was called Pop Clips. Okay, yeah. I think he ended up selling it and getting out early but he did win the first video grammy i was talking about this earlier was it is that what it was yeah he won the first grammy for a video I that's think. right was it was it rio or i thought it was for elephant parts in its entirety oh, no, you're right right it was for elephant parts okay yeah yeah um jason do you have a a favorite uh song or record of his i i always recommend people to, to listen to the birds the bees and the monkeys the fifth oh, yeah. monkeys album because it's like a, a really insane mike nesmith ep with a bunch of 
crap around it, kind of like, <laughs> oh, or, or, you know, yeah. or not exactly. It's the one that has Daydream Believer. It's you can tell they're just kind of padding it out with songs from the TV show soundtrack. But then the four Mike songs that are on it are next level. Like Monty's Municipal Court is like uh, the best, better than it sounds like Buffalo Springfield or something. And then Writing Wrongs is like this five minute kind of Doors Purple Harem experimental song it's very you know you can tell he's just like using the license he had as a monkey to, to do whatever he wanted and and kind of pursued all these weird vanity recordings you know yeah i mean i, was just, I just looked up it has tapioca tundra on it right tapioca tundra and magnolia sims which is like a, a fake uh like a yippee like 78 kind of you know the one with like the fake surface noise on it Oh yeah, yeah. What a guy. Yeah, and then the solo albums are incredible, and and um, I feel like uh, and the hits just keep on coming as like the sleeper kind of one that blows people's minds that they maybe haven't heard. Where it's just him and Red Roads. Yeah, we played we, we played Tomorrow and Me earlier. From Jared, you're having a real microphone problem right now, and it's not good normally the only mic problem i have is is you mike <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> jason I, I i i've i just dropped my phone and right before that you called i spilled my coffee everywhere all over mike's oh studio God. wires <laughs> it's not going well mike's trampoline flipped over in a, a tornado last night or not a tornado but a wind a windstorm we had a big storm here last night mike's we're in shambles family frankly. trampoline <laughs> knocked over some power lines in the back of his oh yard. My God. Saying my you family guys, trampoline makes it sound like it's an heirloom like it's been <laughs> my family for ages. Family trampoline. Uh, <laughs> kind of wish so you was. guys got the uh, the storms that hit Kentucky basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm pretty bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. I hope you guys are alright. Uh, we're fine. Yeah. Uh, Jason, what, uh, while we're talking to you, uh, fill us in on everything that's happened to you since episode one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know if you already mentioned it uh, before I got on, but I'm I'm calling you from uh, the lunch break of a birthing class. <laughs> we did not mention that, but <laughs> congratulations! I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I'm fine mentioning that if you want. Um, yeah, we didn't yeah, want to so tell I, tales out of breaking school. news. That's yeah. right. I literally just watched a. Um, I was just like antsy, waiting for this this uh, really graphic birthing video to end, so that I could text you to let you know I talk. <laughs> are you doing uh an extended birthing class we did a crash course when we did it no this is like all day they're coming it's like yeah. a boot camp yeah that's kind of what we did uh i don't know if, what kind of place you're doing this in uh the one the most in a, shocking in thing kmart yeah <laughs> the most shocking thing to me and ours was when they passed around photos of uh, placentas in frying pans uh Oh. To just show us what our options were. So, oh man, placentas and frying pans. I think that's on which album is that's on the that's on the <laughs> head <laughs> soundtrack. <laughs> Nothing like that's happened. Um, I did want to tell you guys that the lady who's leading the class is like, uh, I'm calling from Philadelphia, and it's like, uh, shoot, it's like Philly boy Roy's mom. Kind of. <laughs> she keeps encouraging us to make sure we have enough snacks uh, in the delivery room and, and encourages us to get a Wawa hoagie. Get a hoagie. <laughs> Excellent <laughs> peanut chews. And- yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's great. I need to go to Philly. Yeah. I've only been to Philly the one time. Uh, and I... 
I think it was uh, Mike was on tour and there was uh, Honey Ra- Honey Radar played too. Oh yeah, it was Honey Radar. Yeah, yeah, at the at the at the Kung Fu Necktie. Kung Fu Necktie. That's yeah. the only place I've been to in Philly. Oh wow! <laughs> I need to go back and see the see the town. Do you do tours? You're welcome anytime. Do you do tours? I- I haven't, I haven't, but I could. I think. I could. Okay, that'd be fun. I would, I'd go for Jason that. Hins, yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> uh, Jason, how are you feeling about uh, your birthing class? Are you excited? Are you terrified? I'm kind of both. I mean, I guess that's normal, right? I feel um, mostly positive, though. Yeah, good. That's good. Mostly, yeah. mostly positive. Like, uh, excited. Oh, good. I'm you, happy. You don't want to get COVID-19. Oh, sure. I'm not. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad coronavirus no. joke. <laughs> it is a weird time to be doing it for that reason, but... Yeah, totally. It, it's happening. Yeah. Well, we're excited for you, that's for sure. What, uh, what, what, have you, I, have you had time to, uh, what have you been doing musically lately? Um, we just put out, Honey Radar put out a record last, uh... Friday, like or a week before yesterday, um, on Bandcamp Day, I guess it was uh, a twelve-inch EP that had been kind of on the back burner since we started work on an album in 2019, and it got kind of derailed mm-hmm. by the pandemic. So we released it as a uh, like a, a one-sided twelve-inch. I didn't even notice that so i'm glad we're talking so i could go get that <laughs> yeah um, we did a small number of lathes but we're gonna get another batch done so cool cool what's the name of that it's called a uh, playbox relay is the name of it great yeah and, uh, encourage everyone to listen to honey radar i did listen to yeah. your new live album uh, oh yeah yesterday <laughs> at work yeah <laughs> um yeah we we uh I never really know what's going on on the other side of the stage when we play, and apparently they have, <laughs> Armin and Jesse have recorded like almost every show we've ever played on their cell phones, oh, but wow. like a lot of them are from like inside the amp, <laughs> and so they showed us showed me this thing, and we, uh, we ended up calling it the legendary guitar amp voice memos after a, uh, in you know in reference uh, uh, Velvet Underground bootleg yeah. you know, guitar tapes. Uh, and so I, I really I put a little warning on the description because I don't want people to buy it thinking they're getting a collection of songs. It's, it is just like a thirty minutes of just blown out uh, guitar amp noise. But we we were all listening to it and started loving it. You know, like kind of I would put it on headphones to work and realized it was good zone out music. So we decided to release it as a CD. Yeah, that's precisely what I did to it. I, did, I was just doing some tedious things at work and put it on and just kind of like yeah got lost in it <laughs> it was pretty fun <laughs> i love the title and the album cover looks great it was really a fun thing i and i also did notice your warning that was like please preview this before you buy it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i hope that was not maybe people don't need handheld you know but like i didn't want anyone to be bummed out no, I think it w- it felt it felt uh, fun, it felt playful to me. Okay. Mike, you should put that on all your records. <laughs> Please, I'm begging you. <laughs> Listen to this first; it's kind of bad. <laughs> Just kidding, Jason. So, you're always so good at titling things. Jared and I were talking about titling some new stuff last night, and it's driving me crazy. But you're you oh, always really? your stuff always seems effortless and really good. Well, that's nice to hear. It's not effortless. It's a combination of Zen and and. Uh, and uh, other factors, 
I don't know. <laughs> I have no advice. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't expect advice. I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate well, I mean, it your means skill. A lot to you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, guys, we're yes. almost out of time, but mm-hmm. uh, Jason, is there anything about Michael Nesmith that uh, you feel like the listener should know that we haven't, that we may not have uh, hit upon? I feel like you you touched on everything uh, that I, I would have said. He's just a contrarian weirdo. I mean, oh, you, you know the, the, I don't know if this is a apocryphal or not, like the, the whole thing behind the Wichita train whistle sings where he's like, he was mad that Colombian uh, pictures, Cole Jim's owned every aspect of his creativity. So he parsed his contract and realized they didn't own his arranging. So he oh. made a big band albums. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what I was, I was talking to Mike about off air a little bit. Um, I, I did. I didn't know that was the story. That's what I've heard. I mean, I hope I'm not repeating a tale, but it's like that's the most brilliant thing. He's just like, you know, I can't, I can't sing, I can't play on it, so I'm going to arrange a kind of obnoxious sounding big band album of my songs and release it on Dot Records. You know. Yeah. That so, and that one. I feel like it's not. Maybe I'm wrong. It's not like available anywhere, is it, or is it? Did it get reissued, or it did get kind of a chintzy CD reissue a few years ago? Okay, and I think it's still pretty findable under twenty bucks. I was gonna, yeah, I have the record and I got it for real cheap. You know, just used it somewhere. But yeah, I I enjoy a lot of that record. But yeah, that's that's funny. That's how it came about. Yeah, what a what a weird guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Well, Jason, <laughs> thanks for. I'll let you get back to your birthing class or back to your yeah. lunch. This is your lunchtime, probably. Yeah, I think I may actually go get go to Wawa. Get a Wawa. Get yeah. a. Ho- I've never had a Wawa hoagie. I need to get one. Oh yeah. Get one of them. <laughs> one of them hoagies. You gotta make that. Yeah. Right. All right. Um. Well, Jason, uh, where where's the best place for people to find you? Um. What's your home address? Uh, <laughs> my home. Is, Just um, kidding. I, uh, what's your best internet URL? <laughs> Um, we uh, own honeyradar.com. There you go. Points points to our Bandcamp page. So, yeah, just go there. All right. Well, thanks, Jason. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you for for uh, chatting with me. Our pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for calling. Uh, here's Michael Nesmith with Beyond the Blue Horizon. We'll see you next couple weeks from now on Unspoken Request with Jared and Mike. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.